Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Right here in 830 WCC, welcoming Master Gardener Teresa Rooney back on this spring-like day. It's so beautiful out. Yes. The tulips are out, the birds are singing, the bees are flying. Not here. Not here, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, we're glad you made it in. It was wonderful. Thank uh, you. Looking out the window as you can, and yes, you see the snow snowing. has started now, yes. so the lull is over as Mike Lynch. And by the way, just coming up in a couple of minutes or so, we're going to bring in Mike Lynch with uh, an update on our uh, CCO weather, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, this is our lawn and garden show, even though it's going to be uh, quite snow-filled. It will be. Uh, but we welcome your calls or text messages for Teresa who helps us out all the time here on CCO. Uh, let me give you the phone number. Folks are calling in already, Teresa. Wonderful. Uh, 651-989-9226. Uh, if you want to phone it in, do it now. We tend to get busy on this show, as you know. Or send Teresa a text if that's easier. Uh, that number is 81807. I know some folks are wondering about um, the plants and shrubs I mean, we haven't hit like 60 degrees. Right, right. Uh, is, is there any damage that can be caused by this? Uh, is it spring or I not don't spring? Think you don't so. think not, no? not here in the cities. I can't speak for other counties because I don't know how their weather has been. But for us here, it should be just fine. I haven't noticed the buds on the plants swelling that much yet. So everything should be just fine. And, well, what are you yeah. going to be doing now that it's <laughs> six, six to eight inches? So you won't be clearing out any. I won't be doing anything, anything outside. Out there, no, yeah. no. Are you growing anything inside? No, I have cats that will eat everything inside, so I don't <laughs> dare grow anything inside. But a lot it, of folks do, though. A they? lot of folks do, and, and this is kind of harder weather for them because they know then that their planting outside is going to be delayed. Oh, so yeah. they have to keep transplanting their, their little pots up and up as the seedlings grow bigger. And sometimes if you've planted too early, you suddenly have squash plants that are like you know two and three feet long, and you're nowhere near planting them outside wow. yet. So it is something it's you've got to read time. those seed packets and kind of figure out when you can plant outside. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go to uh, the phone, 651-989-9226. I see one line open if you'd like to use it. Mary Lou is calling from Crystal. Mary Lou, good morning. You're on with Teresa. Hi, Mary Lou. Well, good morning, guys. Um, I have a question this morning about an African violet. Yes. I realize that's not outdoors, but... Um, <laughs> Hopefully <I'm> not. Wondering, <laughs> about, when you buy them, you always get them in the, the little pots. Mm-hmm. Do they need to be put in bigger pots. Not and... really. Not really. African violets like tight pots. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how to water it. I always put it in a little saucer and put water in the saucer and then it pulls up. I've always been told what it needs. Yep. 
that that's that's the good thing. That's a wonderful way to do it because you don't want to get the leaves soaking wet. You don't want to get right. those those leaves wet. So absorbing okay. the water from the bottom, make sure it gets a nice drink of water. And then you don't want it to sit in the water either because it could no. get a crown rot. But it sounds right. like okay. you're doing everything perfect. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. good. And then how about sunlight? Um, indirect sun or indirect sun? You know, in in our in our winters, you probably could put it in the west window because we get no sun. But um, but yeah, you you it wants indirect sun. A bright indirect sun would be good. If if you have to set it in a window where it gets a lot of extra sun, you can always just put like a sheer shade or something there, or pull it back a little bit and have it sitting behind another plant. It'll still get enough light oh, in, the, in the okay. heat of well, summer. That great. If, Hope it blooms all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Mary Lou leaves that line open at 651-989-9226 if you want to ask a question of Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener here on CCO. Uh, Text number is 81807. We'll grab some text messages as we go along too. But Judy is is calling from St. Louis Park with a question. Hi, Judy. Hi, Judy. Hi. I got the same kind of question about the sunshine I have lots of armorillas in my uh, windowsill, mm-hmm. and there one is opening up. And do I need to take it out and get it out of the direct sun, or is it okay to just have them sit there in the sun I until believe, the sun passes? I believe that one's okay to to have in the bright sun. That's a full sun plant, so you could go ahead and leave it out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought it, I had to. Keep it in the shade yeah. all the time. You know, you could always go to extension.uman.edu and double check on that, but I believe that one can take the full sun, especially here in Minnesota. Our full sun and is what, kind of when they're done blooming. Do I stop watering them? No, I just you know if you have a chance, I just keep watering it. Set it outside. Get you know to, uh, get it used to being outside because it'll absorb a lot of energy. All it'll photosynthesize all summer long for you. And oh, so you'll okay. have really nice big blooms. So you want it to, you want it to keep growing and photosynthesize so it can feed uh-huh. that bulb. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank Hi, you, Judy. Thank you. And there's a line open for your call for Teresa, 651-989-9226. Texter says, being 2018 is so unique, I'm sure they're talking weather-wise. Exactly. Is it okay to still trim uh, oak trees? And this texter says, an additional note, we live eight miles north of St. Cloud. That should be okay. You're if still... you're not seeing any insects, okay. that should be okay. Um, what you could always do is is call a local arborist in your area oh, yeah. and just yeah. ask them, uh, a tree care company that you respect, and ask them because they'll know right on the ground if they've seen insect activity yet or not. Uh, but tech, usually we wouldn't be trimming oaks this time of year. Usually we would mm-hmm. not, yeah. Hang on, Teresa. We have to take a bit of okay, a break okay. here. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Garden Show, Alana Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. We do welcome, as usual, your phone calls or text messages. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is in the studio helping you out today. And, Teresa, not unusual. We have callers. We have texters. Excellent. Put you back to work right away here. Let's see who's been waiting. Sandy in Roseville has been waiting. Sandy, thank you. What uh, can you? Uh, how can we help you? Hi, Sandy. Well, with the weather, this might be appropriate. I, I'm having trouble with a Christmas cactus, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and I'm pretty sure I overwatered it, so it's extremely limp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been watching it for a while now. Is there anything I can do to kind of revive it? Yep. What I would do is take it out of its pot, get rid of all the soil, and repot it in fresh in fresh uh, cactus soil or a very light potting mix. 
that's what I would do. Um, and then you'll be able to see if there's any damaged roots. You can just take those off if they're mushy and icky and just take them off. And, oh, it started to snow more here. Um, yeah, so go ahead go ahead and do that, and that'll help you. That'll that'll clear all that icky soil out of there and um, and get it going. And then, then just mellow out with the watering and don't fertilize at all. You know what I forgot to mention? Yes. That our good friends at By the Yard sponsor this show every week. Thank you, By the Yard. You have yes. great furniture. Wonderful furniture. And uh, on the 28th, they're going to have their open house. I'll talk about that. Ooh, but that's exciting. Yeah, great, great time. Thank you, By the Yard, that family-run business. 28 is our Twin City temperature reading. Looking out the window, Teresa. It's snowing. It is snowing let and snow, blowing, yes, snow, whether snow. you want to or not. Uh, texter says this, uh, I have an apple tree. It has not been trimmed in years. How do I know how much I should trim? Never want to trim more than 25% of the crown at one time. So what you may want to do is figure out how much you need to trim. Uh, get the water spouts out first. Those are the ones that are going straight up. And any crossing branches or damaged branches. Anything that's dead doesn't count. Just take that out right away. And you may have to do this over a number of years because when you do the massive pruning, it will send up a lot new wa- of water spouts the next year. So you just have to keep trimming those off. And that's how you do it, just a little bit at a time. A little Sometimes, bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 651-989-9226 if you want to call in your lawn or garden question or text it at 81807. Let's see. Uh, Sharon is calling from Eden Prairie. Sharon, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Sharon. Good morning. I have an animal problem. Okay. Um, I've got about a 40-foot um, upright arborvitae. Mm-hmm. It's not real wide. But the squirrel decided to eat up about um, oh, a foot down from the top mm-hmm. and six feet down and about two feet wide. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he was deciding he wanted a soft, you know, nest or what, yeah, I don't know. He was know. probably harvesting for his for his nest. And squirrels' teeth grow. They can grow, I believe, it's almost an inch a year. So wow. they have to keep gnawing all the time. And bunnies, too. That's why they're gnawing all the time. As squirrels could be wrong. That that might be bunnies, something up. But they're... Their their teeth grow all the time, so they do have a lot of gnawing issues. Well, they're probably true because they are kind of related, are they not? They're all in that rodent kind of family. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so, but, so I wouldn't worry about the arborvitae. Um, there's not much you can do because you can't climb up there and, and you know protect it from the squirrel. Um, but but just understand that the tree will probably with arborvitaes they have growing points and they'll probably leaf out again or needle out again, and it should be it should be okay. But that is an issue with squirrels sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sharon. Sharon leaves the line open there at 651-989-9226. How about a text? Is that easier for you? Sure, 81807. Here's one, uh, Teresa. Uh, Texas says, planted baby baby fir trees last year covered with burlap. When is it safe to remove that burlap? You could remove that any time. If you want to wait till the snow is gone, you could do that. But once we start warming up, you want to get that burlap off because it gets really hot in there and you don't want to cook the trees. Um, so I would just remove it and just watch um, if if the if maybe in your area you burlapped it due to bunny and deer issues. So I would wait till those dangers are passed and then take the burlap off at that time. Here's a problem I'm sure we're going to be hearing once the snow goes away. Uh, what is your advice, Texter says? For getting rid of moles. Last year I worked at fertilizing and watering my lawn. It looked great until it became filled with mole runs. That came from Sally. 
Well, there's a couple of things. I'm going to be talking about Molmax coming mm-hmm. up in a few minutes. Yep. However, a lot of the folks that want to use that product, but some folks who want like an instantaneous thing, it's uh, they're mole traps, right? They're, there are traps you can I put call them that guillotines. will kill. Yeah, right, because you put them above the runs where they are and it chops them. Yeah. It, it stabs them to death. You can do that. Uh, understand, though, that the moles are there eating, if they're moles, they're eating the right. meat or the insects in your yard. The grubs and things the like that. The grubs and things. So they are kind of helping your yard. They're aerating the soil, but it can make um, an issue out there for you. So, uh, and one mole can dig, you know, 250 to 500 feet a night. So what you think may be an infestation might only be one. That's something they can really, that's really mm-hmm. something. A lot yeah. of damage they can do, too. They can do a lot of damage, yep. So, and, and so so you have the grubs in your yard. Um, the university wants you to make sure that you have a, if you're going to use any of the grub products. So you do have to check, uh, go to extension.umn.edu, and they'll tell you how to check if you have a grub issue. If you don't have an issue, then you don't use the product. But um, that's that's. And start. some folks don't want to use those traps. But I, I, coming up in a few minutes, I'll mm-hmm. mention uh, that product called sure. Molmax. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. You know what? I think it's time for a break. It is because we'll it's that. snowing out yes, there. Yes, it is. We have another half hour of the show to go. So if you have a lawn or garden question for our master gardener, Teresa Rooney, by all means, call us or text us. Number is 651-989-9226. And again, the text number is 81807. More Smart Garden Show here on 830-WCCO. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, sponsored every week by our friends at By the Yard down near Jordan, Minnesota. Make great patio furniture. Uh, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is with us today. And uh, speaking of Master Gardener, you were, we were talking about Meeker County. Yep. What was going on I there? wanted to say thanks for the Master Gardeners or Meeker, Count, Meeker County. You did a great gala. And the Monomenai Garden Club, you were very kind to me. Oh, nice. So both, both groups were really fun and exciting. So well, bravo. Thanks. Hi, guys. Bye, guys. Very good. <laughs> if you have a lawn or garden question in spite of the winter storm warning, we welcome yours, either by phone or by text, 651-989-9226. There's a line open if you'd like to use it, or send a text, 81807. Here's a text that came in a bit ago, Teresa. I've been given a six-inch potted hydrangea. How do I water it? Can I plant it outside? Uh, just keep it um, moist, not soaking wet, and don't let it dry out too much. You, the leaves can start to wilt a little bit if you let it dry out. And can you plant it outside? You can. I don't know if it will survive our winters. It really depends what kind of hydrangea it is. Lots of the florist hydrangeas aren't hardy here. But it would be beautiful all summer long outside, and so you could just do that and let it die in the frost and say thank you, little plant, for growing so beautifully. I should know this, but when when do the 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 folks that want to become master gardeners when does that program get underway? Is that in um, the winter time? It it is. Well, it's inland like August. Oh, okay. So if you you should go to your county's extension website and let them know you're interested in becoming a master gardener, and then in about August or September they'll send you forms and you can fill those out. You'll do your interviews, and depending upon how your county works, you get accepted into the program, and then you take your classes in January. Okay. And we have classes at, at the Arboretum and also uh, webinar classes. So you don't have to drive to the Arboretum. You could just do, like if it was a day like today, you could yeah. just stay home and then do the classes from home. Do it from the comfort yeah. of your home. Mm-hmm. All right. Six, five, again, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is our phone number. You know, once in a while, Teresa, we get uh, qu- uh, questions about coffee grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one that says, I've been putting coffee grounds around my hostas. Mm-hmm. 
Will the grounds break down in a year's time so I can put more down there next year? Sure. They break down pretty quickly. You want to make sure that you're not putting them so thick that they crust over because they can crust over. So so make sure you're just putting little light layers. And they'll just add a little tiny bit of nitrogen to your soil. And they add a lot of nice organic mix to your soil so they lighten up your soil a little bit. It's a great way to use your coffee grounds. And they can go around just about any of your plants. All right. You can even just toss them out in the in the grass if you want because it's a small nitrogen uh, thing. So you can be tossing your coffee grounds out there like you're feeding chickens and the neighbors will wonder what you're doing. <laughs> okay. Which is always a good thing. Keep yeah. the neighbors guessing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A texter says, I have a peace lily. Any special care for that? Just keep it watered. Uh, don't let it get to the wilty stage because that really impacts the plant. And give it a bright, indirect light. Um, they, it is a low-light plant, supposedly, in our houses, but our houses are so dark. So try to give it a little more light, and that's all you got to do. All right. Text number, by the way, if you're new to the show, by the way, thank you for joining us. 81807, 81807 for your text messages from Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Uh, can I pot, texter says, and... English ivy using violet mix soil. You should be able to. That's no problem. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Not, not a problem. I planted some morning glory seeds, the texter says, and they came up in three days and are outgrowing the little <laughs> greenhouse thing oh, with yes. the plastic lid that they are in. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to get them, you know, take off the lid, let them grow. Uh, try not to disturb the roots if you have to pot, transplant them up. They don't like that very much. So, So if you are transplanting them, Keep that root ball as intact as you possibly can. But that is part of the problem when we can't get things outside. They do tend to overgrow quickly. Yeah, and the texter wants to know to take them out of the greenhouse thing and just keep putting them in bigger pots. Yep. They'll be monsters by the time the ground is warm enough. Yep. He or she said. (laughs) Good luck with that. Uh, Here's a question that, you know, we should mention, which we haven't done yet, is the the university website. Extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab. That's something great to do on a day like you today. know. And there's so much information. There's on that so site. much information, and there's a lot. Um, Julie and her team has put together a lot of wonderful information about landscaping too. So you can click over to a page that'll get you some good landscaping help. This kind of relates to the next text, uh, Teresa, because uh, I know that uh, Jeff Hahn and, and the folks that are. Uh, uh, entomologists mm-hmm. there. Oh, at they're the fantastic! U. Yeah. Question is: Is there a site at the university to identify indoor bugs? I'm I, not sure about I that. I believe you can send samples in, but I would go to the extension website first and and go through all of their identification, and they probably have an, an option there. And maybe you could shoot a. Uh, you could probably Picture. shoot pictures. Yeah. And there is a there is the uh, online Master Gardener program uh, that we have. Uh, so you can send pictures there, and then they'll do the work and talk to Jeff if they can't figure it out. Uh-huh. So that's usually the easiest way. So try to get some really good pictures. You know, put a little penny next to the insect so they can see what size it is, where you're seeing it, and some good clear pictures are very helpful. I know Jeff has helped us out here in CCO for yeah. many years. He's amazing, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. I think Lois is calling from New Hope. Lois, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Lois. Hi. I, I heard you, uh, somebody called in or texted in about uh, the coffee grounds. And yep. I saved my coffee grounds, um, well, from fall until winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have put them around my roses, um, my all my two roses. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it keep, keeps the aphids 
away from the roses, and I don't oh. have to um, uh, dust them as often. Mm-hmm. But you said about putting a thin layer because mm-hmm. now they're wet. Maybe I have to dry out the grounds before I put them down. Well, it's, you that... you can put down, you know, because when you're if you're sprinkling it and it's wet, it's just kind of icky to have to sprinkle it with your fingers. Um, just do it in more clumpies so that it's not it doesn't make a it doesn't crust over a whole area. Then those little clumps will break down. Or if you want to dry them out, that works too, and then just sprinkle it lightly down. Mm-hmm. So then I can put them around anything just about, like is yep. it even the yard? Yep, anything in your lawn. You know, the only thing I probably wouldn't put them around is something uh, that that's really that wants a really high alkaline soil because they don't have much acidity, but they do have a touch, and, and although in our soils it probably wouldn't matter. So, yep, but, go for anything. Yeah, that is such a cheap, cheap. <laughs> oh, they're wonderful. And, you know, and you can talk to your local coffee shop and see if they want to get rid of their grounds. In many cases, they've already got that taken care of. Yeah. But you never know. It's a, it's a great option to just keep recycling all that energy in our community. How about that? Good idea. Yep. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lois. You bet. Lois leaves that line open at 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Here's one. Can I still cut back my burning bush? Sure. Not a problem. Or the bunnies will help you do it. Yeah. What happens if you trim more than a quarter or one-third of a tree when pruning? What, that's a what really good happen? question. You stress the tree. The tree needs a certain amount of leaves to photosynthesize to stay healthy. And so you really cut back on that. And by severely cutting back a tree like that, you can cause a, a really lots of growth or you can really stress the plant. So, so you know, sometimes you have to cut more. Maybe it's damaged, storm damage, and you lose half the tree. That's a unique situation. You just want to not stress the tree because the pruning does kind of stress the tree, so you want to minimize that stress. So try to keep it at 25%. I just talked to Alan in the newsroom, and uh, by the way, <laughs> no surprise, Twins game canceled. No. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. I'm afraid so. They could have used a different color ball and still been able to see it out there. So no Twins game. Sorry about that. And a a texter who wants uh, to have a few laughs, a few chuckles, says, can I spray for Creeping Charlie today? (laughs) (laughs) So you got your laugh there, Christy. Uh, How about, you were talking about coffee grounds. Uh, Somebody wants to know, how about, uh, can you use that for indoor hibiscus? Sure. That's not an issue. Sure. That's not a problem at all. Just lightly. Again, you don't want it to crust over. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Oh, any, actually, any of your house plants, you could put it yeah, on. Not a, mm-hmm. not, a problem. Yeah, not a problem. Let's go back to the phones. Lee is calling from Maple Grove. Lee, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Lee. Hi. Um, there's been discussion about uh, purchasing healthy plants for bees and butterflies. Yes. How do you know which are the which are the good ones when you go to a mm-hmm. greenhouse. Which one hasn't been treated by the neonics and stuff? Ask the staff. They should be able to tell you right away that they were not treated with neonics and that they're okay. Or if they're very hesitant and they can't figure it out, maybe purchase somewhere else. Um, lots of the plants will be coming out um, with little tags that'll say, you know, okay for for the pollinators, no neonicotinoids used. They'll have little tags on them. But ask your gardening staff, because by you asking, that's putting pressure on them to buy those plants. And you as the consumer are the driver of what gets sold and what gets created. So go ahead and just ask them, and if they should be able to answer right away for you because they'll, they'll know that's a selling point for a lot of the plants now. That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lee. Raquel's calling from Isati with a question. Raquel, good morning. Hi, hi Raquel. Good morning. Hi. 
Um, we just purchased a new house. Oh, congrats. And, uh, yeah. And now it has a sod. So what are some good places to start, like, with your first investment uh, in the landscaping of the new house? Mm-hmm. What would you go with first? What I would do is, first of all, if you can, live with the house for a year. Because, well, if you don't have any trees or anything, you don't have to worry about sun. So that's probably not an issue. But just live with it for a little while. You want to see where the wind blows, where the water goes, um, how things move on your, on, your, on your land, if at all possible. And in the meantime, start looking at pictures. What kind of an atmosphere do you want in your yard? What are you interested in? You'll want to maybe talk with a good landscape designer that can understand what you need. Do you need a patio? Do you need a place for kids to play, the dogs to play, the chickens to run? Um, do you need a croquet lawn? Do you need a putting green? Do you entertain a lot? So you get all of this information, and then you do your landscape design, and that will be a huge, expensive landscape design project, but it'll be the whole picture. Then you start putting in your big things, like any of the extra patios, the hardscape extra uh, patios and sidewalks and things like that, any arbors you need to put in. Put in your trees right away. Buy the smallest tree that will make you happy. Get your trees in. So those are the things that are really big, and they're not that much fun really to pay for, but you're paying for them. Then you put the trees in, and then you start putting in the bushes. The last thing you're going to put in is all the pretty flowers. But as you're doing this, you can do it in stages, five, six, ten years, whatever works for you. But as you're doing it in stages, everything still looks good, and and you're still working on it, but it all looks cohesive and it looks good. And then you can tweak the, the design as you go. Get your big things in first, your hardscape, then your big trees, the smallest tree that makes you happy, and then do your other stuff. You know, it might be a thought on a snowy day for Mm -hmm. Raquel and her family is to uh, keep CCO on, keep listening, and then go on the website, and you get a lot of ideas. You get a lot of ideas. Uh, During this summer, head out to the Arboretum. You can see what these trees look like when they're full size. You can see what Kentucky coffee tree looks like full size. You can see what a ginkgo looks like full size. What do the flowering crab apples look like when they're flowering? You can get a lot of good ideas. Drive around your neighborhood. What do you like? What don't you like? Keep a track of what you don't like, too, because that will be really helpful. And you can do your own design. Um, You know, I'm not trying to take business away from the landscape designers, but people get dressed in the morning and they put their clothes together and they usually look okay. And and they know what they're doing. They decorated their house. So it's not something that you can't do. You could maybe just get some some little tweaks. Or you can go to a professional and have them design it. And then you just install it bit by bit. If you can, like you suggested, it's kind of nice to have another pair of eyes. To it is nice to have another pair of eyes. Who's experienced in yep. landscape. And, and think about, you know, what, what kind of impact you're looking for. How much work do you want to put in? That's a good point. Um, you know, what's important to you and focus on that. And, and then just start, again, with the hardscape, the big trees, and then whatever's close to your house. You can always put in some little planters and have your flowers growing as it goes. Teresa, we need to take a quick okay. break here. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Lawn and Garden Show. It's called Smart Garden. We welcome, as usual, your phone calls and text messages. Uh, This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, also published author Teresa Rooney. (laughs) And it kind of follows with, uh, with, we're talking about a critter, the the most. Now, what's what's your book about? Um, It's about uh, humane critter control. So that's the title. Some humane ideas. Humane critter control. Sure. We talk about, um, you know, and I didn't do it as a Master Gardener. So I just talk about, you know, healthy landscape and then how to coexist with the critters you bring in. What's the title? The Guide to Humane Critter Control by Teresa Rooney. And where do you find it? Amazon, University Bookstore. All over the place. All over the place. All right. Great idea. 
All right. Uh, let's see. We have we have textures. We have callers. I know we're going to probably run out of time before we help everybody. Should we get to it? Let's get to it. Belinda in Minneapolis has a question. Belinda, you're on with Teresa. Good morning, Belinda. Hi. Good morning, Teresa. Thanks for taking my call. I so appreciate all the information I get on your show. I'm a concerned gardener. Uh, I'm trying going more organic. Mm-hmm. I had a dog who was poisoned by chemical lawn fertilizer oh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry. He did recover, but, you know. Anyhow, so I've been looking at nematodes, and before I make that investment into my uh, garden and my yard, um, I was wondering what your opinion was about that and the use of it and its effectiveness. And then I had a question about my wisteria, mm-hmm. if you have time. Um, I, I would, uh, you know, go ahead and, and use them. Uh, you can go to the university website, extension.umn.edu, and click on the garden tab and see what they suggest for the nematodes, depending upon how you're, what you're wanting to do with them, how you, what you're, bar, what you're um, fighting against. Mm-hmm. So that's what oh. I would do. But, yep, they are, they are, they can be effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And, so and, you're, you're, you've had some experience with it and you mm-hmm. would... They're okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And uh, my wisteria, um, it wasn't flowering for years and years and years. And then I read on the U of M website mm-hmm. to kind of put, uh, take my spade and spade around yep. it to mm-hmm. shorten up the roots a bit and then to drastically prune it last year. And mm-hmm. it really did uh, flower last year. Um, I'm just wondering if I should keep doing that each year. I mean, tr- to do it, to cut it off about knee height. It goes over an arbor. You know, you, you can if you need to control the, the height. So maybe, maybe not every year, but maybe every few years do that. If you okay. start to notice that the, the blo- blooming backs off a little bit, you probably won't have to do another root pruning. Um, and then, again, make sure that you're not fertilizing it because you, it works best under stress. That's one of the plants that works really well under stress. Really? So no fertilizing. Don't give it extra water. Kind of be mean to it. And, okay. um, and and if you have to, you know, you can do some pruning as you need to because you may need to do some, some pruning if you're only trying to keep it on an arbor because they are monster plants and they'll grow everywhere. All right, Belinda, thank, thank you. Uh, Ron is calling from St. Bonnie, I believe. Ron, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hey, Ron. Good morning. I put in a bee-friendly flower garden last year, and I was thinking of putting a row across the back of hollyhocks mm-hmm. and also a six-foot area of uh, Lobelia cardinalis. Mm-hmm. What would be the downsize of planting either of these? Uh, I can't see any, um, except that the hollyhocks do bring, uh, you can get a hollyhock rust, and uh, which is no big deal. You know, you just kind of deal with it. And then um, the hollyhocks are biennials, so tra- so plant them two years in a row and then always just let them self-seed so each generation goes year every other year. Um, otherwise, you only see flowers the one year, and then you'll have to wait a year and then see flowers the, the third year. So do that. But otherwise, they should be good, and your cardinal... Uh, flower is needs a little more moisture than you may think. So give that, um, put that in the area that gets a little more moisture. There you go, Ron. Thank you. Good luck. Nancy in Edina may be our last caller. Nancy, you're on with Teresa. Good morning. Hi, Nancy. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I, I have forever tried off and on gardenia plants. Yes. And I bought a beautiful, it's like a little tree with a, a thousand buds on it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> now the buds are starting to fall off and they're not even open. Yep. And there's a couple that try to get open and now they're just kind of at a stalemate. Right. 
It, it's um, and 13... then the leaves are turning yellow. Yep. And it's still, it looks like it's still salvageable mm-hmm. because it's nice and green on the top. Mm-hmm. What, what am I doing? Um, I would, well, make sure that you're not overwatering it. So make sure that you're keeping it slightly moist. But it also needs a lot more humidity, so put it on a pebble tray. That's the part. That's the biggest problem, I think, with gardenias in our homes. We just don't have enough humidity in the home. So try the pebble tray. That may help it. And um, and then I would also suggest going to the to the extension website extension.umn.edu and see if they have any other tips. But I think it's the humidity levels that are the hardest on our gardenias. Teresa, we only have less have less than a minute. Let okay. me give a real quick uh, text. Uh, have you ever heard of plant psoriasis? My indoor lime tree has blotches that someone said look like that. I wonder what to do and what the outcome might be. Oh, uh, you know, I would head down to the uh, University of Florida website and check on their check on their website uh, for uh, for citrus problems. Um, I'm not sure what that is. It's not psoriasis. It's some sort of leaf <laughs> okay. leaf blotch or leaf problem. I, that's what I would do. Go to head to Florida. They have good. Good. As you head out into the snowstorm, what's Let that university snow, website, please? <laughs> Extension.umn.edu, and please drive safe out there. And I want to say thanks to all the plow drivers, too. You guys do yeah. amazing jobs. Fantastic Thank you. job. Absolutely. Here, here. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you, Danny. See you down the road. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.